welcome to Just Another Podcast. I'm uh, host Justin Soderberg, and I'm here with John Cassidy. Um, he's a good friend of mine, but also um, driver and uh, owner of Last Ditch Racing, which is part of the way I found my way into his life. But the other one was my industry that I work in, in the beer industry. Uh, welcome, John. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, John is known not just in the rally community, but him and his wife are known downtown Bangor uh, at breweries and restaurants. They're a frequenter, um, and I feel like their extended family is us who work in the industry as well. Um, we were talking a little bit before we started recording about how John would fix a flat tire for someone or whatever, and I feel like the people that are at the top of those lists are the people that serve you food and beer um, regularly. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's a really, you mentioned that and it's a it's kind of a good way to enter it. You know, I, I was born here in Bangor and, um, you know, back in the eighties when I was a teenager, um, that's a long time ago, uh, downtown Bangor was dying and, uh, or dead. And, um, and, you know, so we had, uh, relationships with, you know, restaurants or small niche kind of places and the malls now in foreclosure and downtown's booming you know we're in the middle of the virus issues but um you know so instead of this exodus of people away from the town away from bangor old town orno people are staying and it's and it's great and i have to say the majority of our friends i think are probably 20 years younger than we are which is which is awesome <laughs> and uh but um it's great to see because i think the uh the craft beer industry is similar to music and art and other things it's a creative process and so having you know you and everybody else that's in the industry stay is fantastic for all of us uh, old folks who are still here it's cool too because there's always something new and it's like you could have like you guys have this social life like you and your wife have this like you want to be with people but it's also not the yeah. same thing over and over again. I mean, you go to places like you frequent places like Nocturnum and even Orno Brewing Company, which is like every time you go in there and you're like, hey, there's a new beer on draft or a new food menu item. So it's not like you guys are just getting the same thing. The cheers. Everybody knows your name. Yep. But it's something different every time you go in, which is pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's really cool. And I, and I like that creativity and, you know, Nocturnum having the art gallery aspect and, People having live music and you guys had some up there at the at Orno and and uh, it's just really cool and uh, you know we never know who we're gonna see we never know what we're gonna talk about and we just love that kind of social aspect of uh, you know being out and about it's it's certainly not the cheapest way to exist but it's uh, we love it and we wouldn't have it any other way so well, we have a big thank you to you and the other people that I've met through the industry I mean my best friends I met through the industry basically regulars at Gagan's when I worked there Mike and Karen but they pay our salaries so thank you John and Dana for paying our salaries we appreciate it it may not be cheap for you but I have a living because of you and but I mean John and well, I we hope yeah. um, but the funny part is that John I met kind of at Nocturnum randomly but i didn't know how i knew him not knew him but knew of him before uh and that's with last ditch racing and new england forest rally because i saw you uh race cars through the woods and i didn't know you were behind the wheel and you know john's yeah. 
wife is a girl I went to high school with, mom. Again, small connection that I didn't know. And uh, we ended up reconnecting at Nocturnum uh, a number of years ago now. Um, but John's passion, one of his passions, I should say, is uh, rally racing. How did you get started in this? Well, it's an interesting thing. I didn't, you know, my dad was, um, he loved cars and motorcycles and anything that was motorized. He had an experimental aircraft, like membership to that group, but never flew. He had a ice boat kit, I remember. He always had all these interests. He didn't pursue them all, and I think he wanted to, but um, he was not a mechanical guy. He didn't have anybody that showed him when he was a kid how to how to do this stuff. And when I got into my 30s, I ended up buying an old Land Rover, which was good and bad. It was great because it, it got me into this community of Land Rover people. And this was kind of before the internet or just at the dawn of the internet. I know it's really, it make, makes me feel old. But um, back in 98 or so, uh, ESPN2, uh, which used to be a thing, which makes me think of ESPN8, the Ocho from yes. uh, Dodgeball. Um, it's a little rabbit hole. But anyway, so ESPN2 had the main forest rally on uh, one day. I've never, I'd never seen rally. And, um, and uh, Carl Merrill, who was a fellow Mainer who has now passed away, he was winning um, and, and I was like, what is going on? There's people racing through the woods and there's a guy from Maine and he seems to be like really good. And I'm like, I really need to do this. I think for some reason I just felt moved to do it. So I had a Ducati motorcycle at the time. It was after my dad had passed and, um, and I really loved the bike, but in order to fund rallying, I decided to sell it. And, uh, bought myself a Honda CRX, which was a really cool car, but it was not really a rally car, but we made it into a rally car and we rallied it for a year or two. Um, and, uh, um, but once, you know, I always tell people with rally, once you, once you start, it's really hard to stop. And, uh, this is our 21st year, even though we're not going to be racing this year, but, um, you know, so we, we we raced and we raced a, a lot and um and then we segued into subarus and we've been with subarus since uh probably i don't know probably 2000 or so so you know 2001 yeah it's funny too because you know you do it because it makes you tons of money right <laughs> yeah no <laughs> no so someone asked me the other day actually they said do you have any sponsors it was someone new that i had met and i get that question a lot and and, and I told them that um, uh, it was actually somebody on Facebook Marketplace. I met them randomly, but I was in my van and it had the logo. And I said, you know, the problem with sponsorship is that um, that there's not a lot of value in what we do for sponsors because we do it in the woods and it's out of sight of people. It's not a circle track. It's not, you know, oh, you can see me every lap. It's like you have to be hardcore. Um, and the other thing is, is that sponsors usually, um, rightfully so, would have some needs. And those needs are sometimes hard to meet because this is not our full-time job. It's our hobby. So when they say, you know, we'd love to have your car in New Hampshire this weekend, I'm like, well, I'd love to do that too. But I've got, you know, I've either got to work or I just got done working and, you know, and, and then I got to 
pay for a hotel and gas and people. And so it, it ends up being, um, we decided it would be easier, um, not financially, but easier from a stress standpoint to do everything out of pocket. And, uh, you know, we take great pride in the fact that we built the car ourselves. We uh, run it out of our shop. People, some of the other rally folks in the past have said, well, you must be nice to have a six figure budget. And I'm like, I don't know who you're talking about, but it's not us. And uh, so our car now is, is probably, uh, well, it's 17 years old and it's got probably 40 races on it and uh, it's still going strong and we keep, we we're the ones that built it and maintain it. So, um, you know, so since that time when I was not mechanical in my early thirties and uh, now, unfortunately, I know how to do most things and I can weld, I can take a transmission apart, I can take an engine apart. Um, I'm not saying I'm a pro, but I can follow directions and get it done. It's uh, it is funny though, because it's one of those things that you think of growing up and seeing these people, seeing you drive through the the woods, you think, wow, that's amazing. They obviously, the driver behind the seat is not the guy who owns the 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 trip car. That's what you think of, because when you look at like your NASCAR drivers or your IndyCar drivers, the guy, the pilot or the driver is not the owner of the vehicle. There's a big corporation or big owner who owns it. And yeah. someone else drives in. It reminds me when I found out you were the one that actually owned, like when I was younger and found out you were the one that owns or someone owns this vehicle is actually behind the wheel. It reminds me of like in Iron Man when I think it was Iron Man two, when Tony Stark leaves his billion dollar, like luncheon and goes out and gets in the Indy car and drives around. I'm like, that's John Cassidy. Cause he owns the car and he actually goes out there and drives it. But it, yeah. it seems you, you, you do portray like you have a six figure budget cause you were able to do, quality car quality look you have your last ditch racing and you have your van so you look like you have a big budget which is cool because those people who are Im uh, not immature but um novices to the industry or the sport yeah. it makes it look like i want to cheer for you because you look like you have this you put the persona sure. on that you have this big team well, we, we had a lot of um you know we emulated a lot of people that were established in the sport the factory teams the subaru us team the subaru canada teams stuart uh poe from canada who, who ran that team and obviously john buffham and lance smith from bt car over in vermont doing the subaru us and the mitsubishi us team and we got to watch all these guys how they did service how they presented themselves how they tips and tricks and other things. And they were happy to share. And we were happy to, to take those things because the competition for rally folks isn't in the service area or it isn't, honestly, people don't really care. Like I share things that we do with our car all the time because, you know, if, if you need those preparation tips or whatever, I'm happy to give them to you. And if you beat me, fantastic, you know, but I'm hoping you don't, but, you know, we, we were able to brand ourselves fairly early on. We, we met a guy uh, named, named Craig Woida, who, um, interesting thing for you, because I know that you're, you're into, you know, animation and, and comics and other things. Mm -hmm. So he was a video game graphic designer out of California. And we met Craig, I think, at the Rim of the World Rally in California in 03. And we became friends. and. Um, he, uh, I ended up hiring him to design our logo for the team. 
and he had done all these really cool graphics and done a lot of rally car illustrations and other things. And so we partnered with him and, uh, and we partnered with um, uh, a fellow named Chuck Stevenson from Maine who did uh, the current uh, livery for the car. And I had some, it came, sometimes I get these kind of manic, semi-manic episodes or periods in my life where I get really creative. And I'm like, I think we need to do this. And I, and I wish they would happen more often, but they happen every once in a while. So the design for the car, the current design, we haven't strayed from it because I love it. And people are like, aren't you going to rewrap the car or get a new car? I'm like, no, I love the car. And it uh, costs money. <laughs> it costs money. It costs <laughs> money. So it's like, but, but I mean, we, it's like anything else. Um, you know, you surround yourself with people that are better than you are at these things, just like, you know, in your business and everything else, it's like, everybody's got their niche and, um, you know, and, uh, so, um, you know, I reached back to, to Craig, uh, to design a logo, which combined my, my Irish family crest and the rally logo and my blood type and some other things to put on my helmet. And, um, and he did a, you know, he, he gets excited about it. I get excited about it. We don't exchange a lot of money. Um, it's not, you know, and I talk him up to anybody that I can. And, and um, you know, he doesn't have to talk me up because he's not, he's got nothing to say about me. But, um, you know, so we have all these uh, contacts with people, partly because we've just been so long lived in the, in the rally community. Uh, people like Tom uh, Dedrick from Cartboy and uh, other industry folks, um, and uh, my son John, who's co-driving for me, he asked me one time. Tom sent me a custom piece for the car. And he goes, "How do you know him?" And I'm like, <laughs> "I'm like, well," I said, "He's been in the business for about as long as I've been racing in, in Subarus." So, um, you know, these people. These are good people that make good products and, and they're creative and, and, you know, we love that kind of stuff. And um, rallying is, uh, it's a really interesting sport and it's um, obviously addicting because we can't stop. And I, I always joke with people, they say, you know, when are you going to stop? And I'm like, I, when I figure out how to do that, I don't know. And I feel like part of it might be like, if your car breaks beyond, like if your car, if you, if you, went to New England Forest, it's New England Forest rally happened this summer and you went there and you totaled, totaled the, the WRX. Yeah. It, it, that would be the moment where I feel like John Cassidy would look back and go, okay, is it worth fixing or is it worth getting a new car to do this next summer? Or is this basically the rally God saying you survived yeah. this humongous wreck and you're good. And now it's time to move on to actually like, do you still have that plane? Like building the plane. <laughs> Yeah. So it's, so it's, you know, and that happened to us, you know, and I can't remember what year it was, but we, we, we've numbered the cars. So T2, which was our second Subaru, um, we essentially totaled uh, at New England Forest Rally. And that was a really big, you go through all the stages of grief that they talk about, you know, you go through this kind of, you know, you're sad, you're bargaining, you're doing all this stuff. uh, And finally you accept that you've wrecked your car and you've, you know, all this money and time. And then you're like, and then you laugh about it because you're like, Oh my God, I'm still alive and it's okay. And, and, you know, you have some beers and a good dinner with your close friends. And, and then everybody is like, Oh my God, this is an opportunity to do something new. Let's cause it's a creative process like everything else. So, um, 
But what I found over the years, and, and in that case, we bought a new car, the current car, uh, T4. Um, we skipped a number, and that's another story. But, um, you know, it took us, even though we had raced Subarus and we knew what parts to bolt on, it still took uh, a good year of development. Um, even we actually had the car prepped by CanJam that ran the Subaru uh, Canada team. Uh, and then we went out to Rocky. Our first event was, um, it might have been Pierce Nez in, in Canada, but I think it was Rocky Mountain, uh, which is in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And, uh, and we had a mechanical problem and we were done within a stage or two. We'd flown out to the middle of Canada, had the car shipped out by train and um, all this time and, and effort. And we flew, turned around and flew home because it wasn't, right and we'd race Subarus for you know for years and so any new car people say why don't you get a new car I'm like because it will take me two years to to get it to where I want it to be so even though this one is there's a lot of things that I would love to have different it's uh it's it runs it goes fast enough and uh flies far enough and you know so we're happy with it and just in case anybody like watching this or listening, it, it, what rally is, so just we should have started off with this, but rally is, is a, is point A to point B racing uh, in stages. Um, so, you know, it's timed. So there's a couple of minutes or, or a minute or two, depending on the race and depending on the stage uh, between the drivers, you don't with, with stage rally, you don't, be, are not next to someone like a NASCAR. You drive from point A to point B and whoever gets their fastest, basically wins that stage and then you can accumulate your time throughout the weekend. And, um, so New England, we're lucky enough in Maine, uh, to have one in the summertime called New England forest rally that happens yeah. out in Newry and in parts of New Hampshire and in that area it's by Sunday river. Um, yeah. but it's really just the idea is get from the t starting line to the finish line of each stage as fast as you possibly can and see sure. if you can accumulate the slowest or the fastest time over the weekend. Um, yeah. But the one thing that I will always say that is makes me think that it's one of the most purest forms, uh, forms of racing is the fact that we talk about stages. Stages is point A to point B, but then you have to get to the next point A, and you have to do that on the road. So if yeah. your car barely makes it to the end of that stage because you get a flat tire or, or something's falling off the car, or the brakes are not working, you still have to get that car to the next point on the main road. Like you, we, you know don't really want to bring up Sunday river brewing company right now, but like you drive around that area that like you have to get on the streets on the main road to get yeah. to the next stage. And, and one yeah. of the reasons why I call it the most pure, why I think is one of those pure forms of sport too, is if John gets a flat tire on their stage and he wants to change it, him and his co-driver get up and jack that car up and change that tire. There's no crew pit crew team that comes out on your stage and replaces that tire. John actually yeah. physically replaces that tire or depending on what stage it is and where you are on the stage opts not to fix it at that point yeah. so that you just try to go as far as you can. If you're like, Hey, we're only X amount of point from the end of the stage. Let's get to the end. We'll pull over after the end and fix the tire. So there's a lot of that goes into this cool things. And it's not just, you know, a drag strip. If anybody's seen no, a drag strip before it's through dirt roads most of the time. Yeah. with trees inches from the from the from the uh the track or the road and there's jumps and there's turns and it's it's if you haven't seen one in person it's exhilarating and i wish i could promote the summer but like it's exhilarating to see in person for sure obviously it must be behind the car too 
Behind yeah, the it, it's um, yeah, exactly. So I, you know, we've had a lot of guys come through the team and go on to careers and rallying or go on to start their own teams. And we really love to see that. And it makes us feel a little bit old, but it there's, a, it's a, it's a real um, microcosm for life. And it's a microcosm, the sports, a microcosm for um, problem solving and um, just dealing with adversity and figuring out how to handle that in a way that I don't think that, current generations are used to doing maybe like you know other generations through the 40s and 50s and 60s even um they had to deal with some hardships that that you know we we didn't growing up so um you know so we have to manage the car we have to manage resources we have to manage ourselves uh nutrition hydration um we have to make these mental decisions like you said you know we get a flat tire it's like is it worth the two minutes? Do we drive the flat tire out or is it, is it better? Are we going to lose less time if we stop and change it? How quick can we change it? Um, you know, all these kind of questions and issues. And, um, and last year uh, we had uh, John and I were racing at new England and we had, um, I was just working on the car today. So um, we had no front brakes. We just had rear brakes and it didn't take us long to, to go through those and smoke those pads. And mm -hmm. so when I'd step on the brake pedal, the way it's set up, it would push on the accelerator. So when I'm trying to brake, the car's actually speeding up and it's like, and I'm trying to figure out like how, well, we've got two more stages to do. And we got to drive back, like you said, drive back mm -hmm. to service on a regular road. And so we've got to figure out how do we do that? Um, and how do we, mentally deal with that stress of knowing that we're driving something that's not a hundred percent. And, you know, I look at the, one of the, one of the things that we just watched the dragon, you know, the Falcon X launch mm -hmm. up the, the space station and I get choked up with that stuff. And, and I think it's the, you know, these guys just strapping in and women and, um, for some kind of bigger purpose, bigger than themselves, you know, and, um, you know, it's, um, you know, sometimes we, you know, watching the Apollo 13 uh, movie when they're like, they have to time their re-entry burn with their watches because they don't have the computer, the computer's failed, and they're like, I gotta get home, I'm in space, it's like this crazy, like, none of us know what that's like, I kind of know what that's like, because I've been like, in a car that I got to get back and I got to nurse it and figure out how do we still try to go fast, but yet take care of things and take care of ourselves. And mentally like things are not okay, but I need to be okay because I still need to go fast. My mom always says, you know, go slow, be careful. And I'm like, mom, it's a race. I'm like, I can't, I can't. And now she just says go fast. So it's like, she finally got the idea but it's uh yeah it's a crazy sport and um and every single person that's come to crew for us or race as co-drivers or other things i've said to them i you need to understand that when you start this you're not going to stop mm -hmm. i said don't blame me or don't be upset and they're like i don't know what you're talking about and now you know years later so we one of our uh two of our crew members went to work for vermont sports car on the super usa team 
championship uh, seasons. Um, one of our crew members has gone on to work with Ken Block and still works with him uh, at Hoonigan Racing. And um, we have two, three other guys right now, actually two that have their own race teams and one that's building a car. And then my co-driver, my old co-driver, Dave Getchell, who was my driver for co-driver for years, was also a championship driver in the NASA series and did his own thing. He had actually bought T1 and raced that on his own while he and I raced in T2 together. So it's like, you know, interesting group of people. A lot of the people that race are really, I'm not going to count myself in them, but high functioning, I'm going to say geeky, uh, highly intelligent people, accountants, Google, uh, you know, executives, um, cutting edge people thinking outside of the box. Um, uh, people that you wouldn't expect that are like, want to go do something risky, but they do, mm -hmm. you know, which is crazy. And people get, I get out of the car and sometimes people are disappointed. They're like, you're the driver. <laughs> like, you did not I love it. As I get older, I love it. As I, I just turned 34 a couple of weeks ago and I, I love it because I'm like, Hey, there's someone who's not a 21 year old person behind this, the wheel of this car. You see too many race people that you look at them and like, that's a 14 year old. They can't even have a license right now. Why are they driving a car? Yeah. So we, you know, we have people that come up to us and they, they'll say to us at, at New England Forest Rally, they'll say, I've been here every year that you've been here. And it's just crazy that you guys are still doing this. And I'm like, you know, as long as I'm healthy and, you know, fit enough and, can, you know, why not? It's, um, it's, uh, there's a lot that's interesting about rally. And I think for any adrenaline person, and I am not like, you know, my, my late friend Dave Mira, who, you know, was an X Games athlete, or even Travis Pastrana or some of these other guys, we don't get to do this stuff as often as they do. And it's not our job. So, but um, it's like you said, it's probably one of the most pure, like when you're doing it, there's nothing else that's going on in your world it's i always tell people that there's information that comes in through the, the windscreen through our eyes and then it goes out the back of our helmet and then it's gone we never go back like track racing we never go back to that corner again we see it we do it it's done and if we make a mistake we have to get over it because we got another corner you know in 200 yards and we gotta keep going so it's, it's crazy in in racing, it's probably one of the true team sports too, because of the fact that you do, you know, with the route stage rally, it's not like me playing dirt on my Xbox where it has a little screen of a map on the corner so that I can see what the next turn's coming up. John's relying on his his son um, to tell him, hey, a left turn's coming up right now. Don't cut that corner because there's a rock there and, and all that stuff. And you have to trust that he didn't miss a direction that yeah. he's not skipping over it or that the, the, the notes prior to it were done right. And like you mentioned, you go through that turn, you're never going to have that turn again. That turn may be next year. <laughs> like yeah. that stage, you might have to, and the road conditions can be completely different. There could be, yeah. it could have been a rock there that's now been removed. And yeah. it's just that relying on that team aspect of a, all of your mechanics to help you, but also the guy that's sitting in the seat next to you and the guy in the seat next to you is relying on you to make sure that you're listening to him. And it's like that aspect of, 
you're both relying on each other and you were mentioning about the mental capacity of it too. It must also not be very easy that your son's the one in the passenger seat too, that if you do make a wrong turn or wrong problem, that it's your son, not just you. Yeah. So I was thinking today, actually, it was interesting you bring it up. So I was thinking about all my co-drivers. So I want to name them. So Megan McCarty, James Altimus, Travis Smith, Adam Neat, Dave Schindel, uh, Dave Getchell, of course, um, Eric Lee, Rob Sokolexis, and now my son, uh, John Cassidy. So nine different co-drivers, Jen Daly, I'm sorry, um, 10 different co-drivers in, in two countries, actually three countries and, and across U.S. and Canada. So people don't understand that we can't go, the reason we have a co-driver is so we can go faster and the trust has to be 100%. Uh, and so we have a shorthand that we use, communication that we use is really efficient so that we don't waste time or effort and so it's a it's a short you know anybody that's played a rally video game has heard it or seen a WRC event. So the co-driver is reading the notes that we made during reconnaissance or recce, which is when we drive the road ahead of the event, uh, which is a really long day. And so they're reading two or three notes, two or three corners ahead of where we're at, and we might be going 80, 90, 100, and if there's a hill and I can't see over it, a crest, we call it, and they say flat crest, which means don't lift, like don't lift. I have to trust that they're, they know where they're at. They know where I'm at. And so we have to trust each other that I'm not going to hurt them. They're not going to hurt me. If either one of us is feeling like, um, you know, there's an issue or that kind of thing, co-drivers get lost in the notes sometimes. Uh, sometimes I don't hear the note or have them repeat it and that throws them off. And uh, so it's this constant, not only is it the car, like how fast is your car and how well built, but it's how well do you work as a team. Um, and my son is really, it's really funny because, you know, it, it is, it's a, it's a lot of eggs in one basket. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got two of us and we have the same name. So it, it kind of freaks people out, but it's both John Cassidy's and, um, we did a stage um, at New England last year, and I thought it was really fast. And I said, what did you think of that? Because I was pretty pumped up. And he was like, well, I think it could have been a little faster. I think you could have probably, you know, break less there or, you know, whatever. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's definitely a team sport. Uh, the closest thing that I've seen to it is the jet boat racing that they do in New Zealand or Australia or wherever it is. Um, and that's really cool and crazy, crazier than what we do, I think. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, uh, you've mentioned a couple of names, Dave Mira, uh, rest in peace, Dave Mira, uh, Dave Mira for us, for me growing up was the, the BMX driver, right? Rider, not the rally car driver. Um, same with Bucky Lassick and you have those plays, people who were in the other, were in other extreme sports, whether it be skateboarding, BMX or yeah. whatnot. And then you have your guys like Ken Block and it's like, as much as he is, his philosophy, philosophy, but his his life has changed, if you want to say it that way, to what he's doing now compared to what you know maybe he was doing years ago with DC shoes and so on. Yeah, yeah. But I will say that I will give him the utmost credit for bringing this generation 
yeah. my generation, maybe a little bit younger than I, or a little bit younger than I am generation into what the sport of rally because of what he was able to do on the internet and what yeah. he was able to do with his, just his Hoonigan racing and, and the graphics and all the stuff he did. He made rally cool to those people who didn't know what the hell it was in the United States. No, I yeah. watched, I downloaded illegally five <laughs> years of WRC coverage yeah. from the internet and literally sat on my computer for days and days and days on end watching every rally that happened like just watching it seeing some of these guys for wrc being like why the hell isn't this in the united states like why isn't wrc in the united states yeah, and then yeah. ken block comes out here and makes it cool not yeah. that it wasn't cool before but he made it edgy and cool no, for young people was, you know ken was ken is it it's like ken and i are about the same age we're like a few months apart and i would love to say i'm as well known as ken but obviously i'm not but it, it's <laughs> ken is a great guy and a really He's such a great ambassador for the sport. He's uh, he's quick, and he and Alex Del Samino are a great team. And um, and those guys, Ken is Ken is the kind of guy that I could email him tonight, and he would get back to me tomorrow. And as I mentioned, one of our previous teammates, uh, crew members, works for him uh, currently. And um, but yeah, he elevated the um, um, the spectacle of the sport and uh, the profile in the U.S. and Canada, and uh, and then started taking that elsewhere. And um, you know, it's interesting in this day and age with with the internet. People are like, well, he's not this or he's not that. You know what? He's a he loves the sport. He's got great cars and cool stuff, and he's articulate. He's such a geek about. He's a nerd like any of us about the the equipment and the events and um and he's paid his dues anybody that straps in and does these things um you know just amazing you know dave mira i i i didn't know who dave was because i wasn't a, i wasn't of that generation i was kind of in i was older than dave by about 10 years and so um i met him in missouri at a race and i had no idea who he was he was parked next to me um, at this park expose, which is where all the cars line up and people get autographs and he was swamped. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. He needed a pen. So I was like, I got some pens. My co-driver left. So I got some Sharpies and, and we started talking and then we became friends and, um, uh, just a sweet, sweet guy. And, um, he was so excited about the sport and wanted to learn everything that he could. Same thing with Pastrana, uh, Travis Pastrana. Um, you know, we went out, we flew out to the X Games, actually. Uh, I think it was Dave Mira's last X Games. We saw Travis do his double backflip. We saw Mira do a crazy big ramp thing. And it was just an amazing time. And these guys were looking for a way to, um, and Travis still is, to to keep being active, Travis had a lot of injuries. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I don't, uh, he got out of the car once at New England Forest Rally and he was limping. And I said, he had a brace on his knee. And I'm like, Travis, I said, what's going on? He's like, he goes, don't tell my orthopedic doctor I'm here. I just had surgery on my knee. And I'm like, well, what number is that? He's like 14 or something. I'm like, what? I don't know, what are you doing? But he was out, you know, he's done stuff where he's taped his foot up and, whatever it takes for him to do it, he loves it. And it's a much safer, and now we've got uh, uh, Brandon, uh, is it Simonek, uh, the new uh, Subaru US? Yeah. Driver. Yeah. Um, I remember his name, but. 
Yeah, but he's a huge you know, team. Is him and Travis Pastrana now, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, extreme mountain biker. So I think for a lot of these guys, as they start to, you know, I mean, the risk for what they're doing is really high. And uh, even though what we do is extreme, there's it's a safe, safe sport. And uh, so you're in a car with a cage and uh, fire system and everything else. So it's not like you're on a bike that you're going to get thrown off of, you know. So, um, yeah, and Ken has been – I went and visited DC Shoes, and um, uh, around the time of the X Games, we went out, and Ken was still involved with DC at the time, and Rob Deerdeck and, every, and everything else, and um, just very, you know, his his marketing ability and business ability and everything else, and he's just a really, he surrounds himself with creative people, and that's what you got to do, and, and there's nothing, you know... Um, that's kind of what the sport needs. Um, you know, we talk about it all the time. Do we need a WRC event? Do we need, what do we need? I don't know what we need. We just need to go racing. But, um, you know, I don't think, you know, we've partnered with sponsors before and it's been really difficult. You know, it's really hard for, we like to partner with main companies. We work with Flowfold. We work with uh, stabilizers that make these great uh, grip things for shoes. Um, short-lived not really you know they're like we're not sure what to do with you guys um and uh so you know it's really it was easier for ken because he had dc shoes already so he could just you know and and mirror had miraco so um you know and travis has his own brand essentially so you know it's easier for these guys and red bull and so forth so um you know, when it's I, funny with those two, those guys you're talking about. You have your Miras, your Bucky Lassick, your Travis Pastrana, your your, your Ken uh, Ken Block. Yeah. You have Dave Mira, who one of the, if not the greatest BMX biker in the history of yeah. mankind. You got Bucky Lassick, <laughs> one of the greatest skateboarders of all time. Yeah. You got Travis Pastrana, one of the greatest Moto X kind of guys of all time. Yeah. A guy like Ken Block, who has the brand that's DC, that like it, it's yeah. this all achieved greatness and then we're like you know what let's try to do something else let's do let's get behind a wheel of a race car and try to drive through the woods and it's just yeah. fascinating yeah and the fact that you know now that you mentioned it, they all kind of funneled into rally um and i think that they all you know i know that i know that uh mira talked with bucky you know they were doing rally cross together but they were all like this is cool you should try this you know this is cool and you're gonna like it and you know and anybody would so you know there are people that um in any whether it's work or or sport who don't um who get jealous of, of people who have those resources and everything else i'm you know when i talk with ken block in the middle of the woods in maine or wherever we might be he's just ken you know he's not like i or travis same thing it's like Oh, there's Travis's kids. They've gotten bigger. You know, there's whatever. It's like we don't. It's this crazy traveling circus that we participate in. We all go and do this crazy thing. We have this shared experience in the middle of the woods, in whatever state we're in or country, and then we go home. And it's this. It's it's a weird thing. It's this because nobody else knows what it's like to do it unless you've done it. And then we go through this thing we call the rally hangover later, which it doesn't have anything to do with drinking. It's just that we 
it's such an adrenaline rush for that weekend that the, for the next couple of weeks, we're just like normal life seems regular life seems like nothing. Mundane. Yeah. Mundane yeah. and just normal. It, it, it's, it's what I will say about rally for anybody who hasn't experienced it. First of all, guarantee if you Google rally racing on YouTube, you'll see videos of, you know, likely your top ones are going to be Pastrana or, or Ken Block or, you know, some of these, uh, Sebastian Ogier and some of that places from WRC. But I hated hockey, like hated hockey. Couldn't stand hockey. When hockey came on Nesson, when Bruins came on Nesson, it wasn't the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, okay, I'm just, I'm going to just turn the TV off. I'm done. Don't need this anymore. All set with this. Then I yeah. went to a hockey game and sat on the ice. It was, a, it was an AHL game in Lowell, Massachusetts. I sat on the boards. Someone checked someone into the boards, and I've loved hockey since that yeah. day. Yeah, so I feel like it. racing, you can look at rally and watch it online, but until you sit, you know, 10 feet from a dirt road, yeah. you see you or whoever is rallying hit, you know, Concord Pond, and you yeah. go over that jump and you are in the air in a rally car, in a car that you probably could have driven here, meaning that yeah. there's people who drive Subarus to the rally. Yeah. WRX is that, that yeah. even that. And you see this and you go, it's exhilarating. And you get to focus on one car at a time. That's the biggest thing I think about is yeah. you see, you know, Ken Block go by in his, you know, Ford, his vintage Ford there that he ended up wrecking last year. But um, then you see you go by in a Subaru and you see, I mean, who, someone raced a BMW this year. Didn't they remember that? Yeah. They threw the, <laughs> that on street yeah. tires, I think it was. But like, it was just, it was, it's, you see one thing, you focus, cool, reset, have a beer, talk to your friends. Two minutes later, another car goes by. And it's like, I don't know, just being in that experience and learning that. And that's one of those things that some of these uh, sponsors should do. Yeah. Because I feel like they just throw money at you if they sat there and watched you actually drive the car. Yeah, I think, you know, that the spectating is, spectators for rally, rally fans, and we have we have a lot. It's really heartwarming. I still get, like, uh, messages, direct messages and other things from Canadian fans that are like, when are you going to come back? Because it's been a, a, quite a few years since we've been there, and, and we love Canada, especially Eastern Canada, the race. And... Um, the fans are great and everything else. And, but to be a rally fan, you've got to be hardcore. You're going out in the, you're hiking in, you're bringing your cooler in, you're bringing whatever bug spray and a dust mask and your sunscreen and everything else you can think of. And, um, and then you're out there for hours and then you don't know when it's going to end. You don't know who's going to come through. You don't know what you're going to see. Um, it's, I went to a formula one race up in Montreal, um, several years ago. And, uh, and I, I, that was a time when I really enjoyed formula one. I really haven't watched it much sense, much sense. But when I was there in person, the cars were so fast that all we did was sit in the stands and watch the screens. And I'm like, I could have done this at home mm-hmm. <laughs> and been more comfortable, but with rally, it's like, you know, and you, you've been out there and you see people and everybody's like timing the intervals and you see somebody pushing it over a jump and you know that their car, they probably shouldn't be pushing it over a jump, but they're doing it. And you're like, that's so cool. And like props to you because you did it. And, um, and uh, you can really tell who's pushing, who's not. And, um, and then you're trying to figure out the story. Like someone goes by with their flashers on or someone's got a flat tire, like, Oh, I don't know what's, you know, so 
that's the other thing that I tell people is that if you ask me what my race weekend was like, it's different than my son who's co-driving. It's different than my crew. It's different than my wife. It's different than you spectating. If you ask 10 different people, you get 10 different views. Whereas if you're, if you're at a NASCAR track, um, everybody saw the same thing at the same time. And uh, everybody saw the pit stop. Everybody saw the turn six, or everybody saw whoever get into whoever and crashed. And it's like you all saw it at the same time. But you come away from a rally weekend with your own, you know, magical. Yes. Story. Well, it's like, and, and the funny thing is, with modern technology nowadays too. Like the last, no, I wasn't at New England Forest Rally this past year, but the year before that, when I was there, yeah. you, you find you know we're from. Bangor area so we're following you we're following Rob and we're yeah. following these people from this area and so we're looking okay John Cassidy's coming next boom you go by and then we look oh wait Rob was supposed to be next but he's not moving on the course he's not yeah. changing his position which means there's something up then at the yeah. very end of that stage you see him pot along obviously yeah. he had some sort of issue that you can find out about later um but it's it's the cool thing also is if you're a rally driver, some of these people, this is the only rally they do a year is New England Forest Rally yeah. for us in New England. Like there's other places around the country where you only do your local rally. And yeah. I mentioned Concord Pond. Concord Pond has this huge crest on it that people get some air on. And sometimes yeah. that's their, their goal. Yeah. How far and how high can I get my car to go? I'm not winning this weekend. That's, I, I know I'm not winning this weekend. But if I can get some air and people get a good shot of me in the air, and they're coming to see me at, you know, Park Exposé to get my autograph because of how high I went. That's yeah. a win to some people for the weekend. It's like, no, it's, it's, it's like, a different culture. No, absolutely. And, and so Conquer Pond, as you mentioned a couple of times, it's a stage that's not really long. It's probably one of the most well-known stages in the whole national series. And so everybody, it's a bragging right to have the top, time or the lowest time on conquer pond it's also uh like you said the jump like airtime videos pictures you know which you know this stuff used to happen in isolation nobody saw it um and so you know our goal every year is to beat last year's time like can we do it quicker and it's like even if it's a couple seconds fantastic and um so um you know mentally we'll we'll kind of push there we'll put new tires on and we'll try to do what we can because we, we're trying to do what we can for the fans and our local you know our, we're trying to represent Mainers and, and the state and uh, do what we can and and uh, it's just a blast and and there are certain stages in different rallies that are like that and um, um, across Canada and across the across the US and uh, um, now we have it's it's a blast and it's it's great to see people hanging out and um we you know sometimes we uh we joke you know we have these moments that are moments that are really when we think back on it we're like that was really close and uh when we say close we mean that was close to being really bad <laughs> and uh somebody asked uh, us in canada how our stage was it was a tarmac pavement stage and it uh Rally Beta Chaleur up in uh, New Richmond, Quebec, and um, and co-driver Getchell said, he goes, well, we saw Jesus, and he says hello. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so 
it's, uh, you know, there are things that happen in the woods that even spectators don't see that sometimes we see and, and um, but somehow we have to kind of pick it up and keep going and, and do our thing. So it's, yeah, it's a crazy sport. It's a gladiator, it's, it's like a gladiator sport. It's, um, it's us against the equipment. It's us against the weather. It's us against time. It's us against other people. It's us against our, you know, our abilities to fix the car. Um, you know, us against fatigue and uh, nutrition and all this other stuff and wisdom, you know, obviously we've had a lot of years doing this, so we can kind of make some decisions that maybe some newer teams can't make, you know, and make the best of it, even if it's not great. And speaking of decisions, so New England Forest Rally was supposed to happen in July, as well as uh, the event that happens at, um, excuse me, excuse me, in New Hampshire, climb to the yeah. clouds at Mount Washington. Yeah. Um, those both have, well, New England Forest Rally 2020 has been canceled. And yeah. then it just didn't happen in 2021 because it happens every year. Climb to the clouds happens every three years. So they've basically postponed it till next summer. Is the goal for last ditch racing to still push to potentially try to do next summer? Is yeah, it- we're gonna, we'll do both those events. We'd love to get back to, you know, there was a time in, in my life and career when, uh, we were doing I actually I actually quit my job twice uh and uh once in 05 and once uh I don't know what the other year was but I ended up rallying full time and uh which was awesome it was I'm not gonna lie it was awesome so the benefit of that was that the car was always prepped I was always working on it I always knew that it was ready to go um there was a there was a weekend where Dave he had T1 and I had T2, which was a turbo car and his T1 was not turbo. And we took T2 to Canada and we did two events. We did one event in Canada on one weekend and then we went to Pennsylvania the next weekend with T1. So we did two, one in, T2 in Canada. So two different cars, two, two can- countries, two consecutive weekends. So, I mean, we did some cool, really cool stuff. We've, we've been to across the country in both, both, uh, Canada and the U.S. We've been to Mexico. Um, a full season for anybody is is probably seven or eight events. And um, for a private team, you know, when we start talking about financials, mm-hmm. it, it's um, people ask me all the time when I say a race. They're like, "Are you Speedway '95, which is our local circle track?" And I'm like, "No, you know, we're going to, you know, in the woods." So a weekend for us, is a, it's a lot. You know, we have to buy a drum of fuel. We have to buy new tires. We have to buy, we have to put everybody up in lodging. We have to feed everybody. Uh, we have to get everything registered and insured, which includes the tow rig, the trailer, the car, um, and certain limits. And we have to get licenses and all these things, medical exams. And so it's a lot for us to, we talk about team infrastructure and we have to get all this stuff like ready. We have to get all the tools in the truck make sure we get all the spare parts. Um, so it's a big effort. And um, today I was working on the rally car. It's, and of course we're kind of quarantined a little bit and social distancing. So it's just me and it's really kind of, I'm a little whiny about it cause it's just, <laughs> so I'm doing this one job that I hate and, uh, and I knew was going to take a long time and it did. And, but the flip side of that is that I did it and I know it was done right. So it's like a mission critical job. It, it was involving putting the pedals in the car. So the brake, the clutch and the, and the accelerator. So 
that's my interface with the car and I need to make sure it's done right. And uh, so, you know, it was four or five hours of doing that. Um, and I'm glad I did it because the, because we touch and prep the car ourselves, we, we know it's okay. And yeah, absolutely. We want to be at New England Forest. Last year was our uh, 20th consecutive um, showing there. And then um, we've done climb to the clouds up Mount Washington uh, twice, um, which was not something I thought we would ever do when I, when I, you have to apply to Mount Washington and then you have to give them a resume of what, what you've done and where you've been. It's probably the only race that you need to kind of qualify for. I didn't think we were going to get in. And then the first time, and then when we got in, I was like, Oh my God, I don't, I've never been to Mount Washington. I had never been up Mount Washington. So I had to drive. I drove over with Eric Lee, one of my past co-drivers. And I said, I need to go see this mountain. And uh, and we went up it and I was scared, terrified. I was like, Oh my God, I actually went and saw a sports psychologist, uh, before we raced. Cause I'm like, I need to get my head around this thing because it's not like a regular event. You're, you know, most people that drive up it in a streetcar, a regular car, they're terrified, but we're going to race up it, um, as fast as we can go. So it's like, um, so we found, I found that racing it was actually not as big a deal because you're so hyper-focused on doing it. So, um, but yeah, we'll be doing that next year. And I want to give my son the, the opportunity. Uh, he'll be the third co-driver up, up the mountain with me. And um, I want to give him that experience in his lifetime. You know, I, I feel like it's a, if we can do that together, it's a really good thing. You know, and, the uh, photographer at the at the the reintroduction to it because climbs of the clouds has happened, but it was happened a while ago, and then it reintroduced yeah. again in what 2014. I want to say 14 or so. Yeah, four, I yeah, I think it's 14. 2014, I was a photographer uh, for climbs of the clouds, just which which was yeah. one of the greatest experiences I've ever had in a, in a media. Yeah. Uh, aspect I, i've been in the bruins locker room i've been i've covered ufc fights i've done all that stuff but climb to the clouds as a photographer at one of the bends around the corner especially because you know that's a race that like david higgins does and yeah. travis pastrana and some of these racers that are world 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 class racers and have set records on that mountain to see them come whipping around a corner and a helicopter flying behind them to catch it catch it for the for the promo videos or for the internet or whatever it was and it was just this, it's this fast and you get this conquer ponds fun. And, and, and a lot of these stage rallies are fun, but a lot of times you look across the road and it's just another tree. Yeah. Whereas climb to the clouds, you sit there and you look across the road and it's just yeah. landscapes of mountains. And it's just, it's, it's yeah, breathtaking it's, it's, as it is. People, that's one of the questions I get asked a lot is, have you guys done Pike's peak? And it's like, mm -hmm. no, we haven't. And you know, and I, I, it's not that I didn't want to do it, but it's a long way away. And it was a big, you know, I'd have to take a couple of weeks off of my life to do it, which, you know, everybody would say it's worth it. Well, of course it is, but I just can't, you know, there's, there's responsibilities. So when we were able to do climb the clouds, cause we didn't know it was going to come back. And, um, uh, we had heard it, it's, it's the oldest hill climb in the country. And so even before Pikes peak and, for people that have done both, they say that Mount Washington is more technical, more twisty and, and more turns. So um, it's, uh, 
you know, it was just, it was an honor to be able to go up there and, uh, and do it. And, um, and it was the first time they kind of had this rally car class that, that, uh, that we were in. And, um, but, um, yeah, just a, just an amazing event and you're up at the top and the weather changes and the power in the car changes and you're on tires that are somewhat slick and then you're on dirt halfway up the mountain and you know and it's so it just it's amazing like you said the helicopter you come around a the corner there's a helicopter that pops up over the ridge and you're like oh my god there's a helicopter <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah it just it's amazing um just amazing to be in on that list of people that have done that and just to be able to to think back to it and um no, I'm really, I'm really um, thankful for for all the people that have been involved in the team over the years. And like I said, we've got lots of people that have gone on and to, to do other things. And um, but just for all the co-drivers that have sat with us and and um, uh, sat with me, I should say, and and all the crew folks that that we've corrupted over the years and that. Have, <laughs> <laughs> and all the fans that keep coming to see us and, and people that message us and say, when are you coming back here? Or what are you, what are you doing this year? It's really heartwarming and we're trying to do everything that we can. It's really, you know, as, as we get 20 years in the sport, it's, um, I'd like to say it gets easier, but some of it's easier because we, we know what we're doing, but on the, the other half is just hard work and it's and hard work and money. And, uh, so it's, um, like anything else and, uh, um, you know, and, uh, it's kind of lonely right now with the coronavirus, uh, and, uh, you know, I have team members that are like, can I come over and help? And I'm like, no, you can't come over and help. <laughs> I would love you to come over and help, but not right yes, now. Yes, you can, but I'm not there. I'm going to go to work. You can work on the car. Exactly. <laughs> as long as I'm not in the room. No, I'm selfishly happy. Um, I'm getting married this summer, right, John? And I'm yeah. happy in my mind, selfishly, 100% selfishly, that we are not having New England Forest Rally or Climb to the Clouds this summer because I won't have to say that I have to skip it because I don't have a vacation time or finances or time off or whatever it may be. That no. I will get to, and, and the thing is, if you don't go to Climb to the Clouds, it wouldn't be in the end until 2023. So then it would be another three years from now before I could see that event. So to me, it's like, hey, next summer, I should be able to go to these events now because yeah. I don't have a wedding to plan and, and pay for and take time off. So me personally, when I saw that Climb to the Clouds was postponed, I'm like, oh, shucks. <laughs> like, to me, it was like, ha <laughs> So, you know, it's, I, I'm right there with you because we have, I have all these other, I have a to-do list of all these other projects. I'm sitting right now in my music studio. Hmm. And uh, so I have, um, you know, a lot of things that I want to do here. I've got some other automotive projects that I want to take care of and other things. And, uh, you know, today I've worked on the rally car. I've, I've worked on my tractor. I've worked on my street car. Um, you know, there's never a shortage of things to do. It's just that something always gets bumped for the race car, including my personal life. So, um, you know, I... I'm not, most of us that race are fairly uh, uniformly introverts. Um, we don't like to, we're okay to socialize in a, in a group like at, out at the restaurant or so forth, but it's like. With a couple of beers in you. Yes, exactly. A couple <laughs> of beers and that kind of thing. And, and, but honestly, it's like we, we, I'd much rather, 
you know, I have a pretty significant relationship with my race car and, uh, and I, I talked to her and I, uh, you know, we, we, we have a talk before each race. I have, there are certain things, ritual things that, that we do and don't do. And, and, um, it's, it's, um, it's not lost on me that what we do is dangerous. We've lost friends over the years doing what we do. And, um, uh, I've got an artificial disc in my neck, uh, as a result of decades of, of doing this now. And, uh, but the first question was when I needed this was, can I go racing with this thing in my neck? And they're like, sure. Once you're healed up. Yeah. I'm like, okay, good. Thank God. <laughs> And I'm like, it does work. So it's, it's, and it hasn't popped out. So that's all good. But, um, it's, um, you know, it's, it's really, it's a strange thing. And I, I've talked with this, um, and I think maybe other drivers and co-drivers would say the same thing. I was at work and I was in an elevator and I work at the hospital locally and my name's on my badge and I'm in an elevator with a bunch of people. And this young uh, guy looks at me, he goes, keeps looking at me. I'm like, what is going on with this little weird? And he says, uh, are you John Cassidy? I'm like, yeah. And he's like the, the race car driver, the rally driver. And I'm like, yeah. And everybody in the elevator is like looking at me like, what are you, what is he talking about? Like, what is that? What does that mean? And I'm like, and I'm like em embarrassed, not embarrassed, but it's like, it's like, I don't know how to, there's too much to explain mm -hmm. <laughs> there's almost too much to explain you know and it's the same thing for you the whole backstory of what you do and where you do it and who you do it with is a big story mm -hmm. and um you probably have a line that you use to sum it up like i'm so and so from obc yeah. and uh and i do this but that's not that's like the short version and um so i it's a, it's a weird thing. I don't, we, none of us do this racing for fame. Uh, and even Travis and, and Mira and Bucky and Ken and Higgins and all these guys, um, they, when they're in the woods, they're in the woods. You know, they're not really, like I said, they're just Ken and Dave and, and Bucky. It's and, another day at the office. It's not it's, like it's, it's just, it's just, yeah, they're, I think they're actually happier to be um, out in the middle of nowhere than, um, uh, and, and in my relationship with, with Dave Muir, which was brief and, and very specific, it was, it was, um, I think he was just happy to be Dave and like not be, Dave Mira, the BMX guy that somebody wanted a piece of, um, you know, they're just, I'm just Dave, the race car driver today. I'm Dave, the rally driver. And so it's a really, it's a really interesting thing. None of us do this for the, for the glory. Um, we had, um, uh, Angel Collinson, who is a extreme downhill skier, uh, come to the event, New England forest rally a couple of years ago. And, uh, they did a, um, a show, um, and I can't remember the the name of the company or the or the show, but it's on the internet someplace. But they they profiled the the Subaru US team, a middle of the pack team, and then us as a privateer team. And I had no idea who Angel was, and um, 
like meeting Dave. I had no idea. And then after I met her, I gave her a ride in the rally car and she was like hung out. She helped us do service and do some stuff and she's really cool. And, uh, and then I look and I'm like, Oh my God, she fell down a mountain like 2000 feet and survived. And she's like this crazy badass person. And, but totally like, yeah, this is normal. This is whatever. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And so, um, you know, I think, I think, um, like I said, rally is a microcosm for, for life. And it really has given us a, a life lesson, um, a benefit that way. And that, you know, if something's wrong and we need to fix it or something's happening and we just figure out how to do it. And, um, there's not a lot of that, unfortunately. And I really, the, the, the other part of this is the time that we spend in the shop, the, the guys that we have, we have all guys on the team. It's not because we're sexist. It's just the way it is. But it, it's, we're all making stuff with our hands and problem solving and fabricating and um, talking about life and relationships and other stuff. It's really a really healthy kind of thing. It gets us away from the internet. It, um, it's all real stuff and it's, um, um, and I imagine it's kind of like it used to be, you know, it's like more often it was people were just spending their time doing this instead of like, how many likes do I have on Instagram today? Um, and, uh, and we're all caught up in that. And I do, I'm addicted to my phone and, and I think I just got a notification that my screen time is up this week, which is bad. So it's, but it's, <laughs> but it's like, you know, um, that I would, I never, I have so many people over the years that have taught me how to do mechanic stuff. And now it's like my son just bought his first welder. And so I had a guy that helped me learn how to weld. And so I'm going to hopefully going to teach my son what I know, which is not everything, but it's something. And, and then hopefully there'll be other people that help. And, um, these real world kind of skills of, um, making things happen. It's not like we could, this is not a sport where it's like, like you said, I'm not a driver that just shows up and put a, puts a suit on and, and I'm like, the car is terrible today. I can't believe that you're giving me this car because it's like, it's why is like, this not working correctly? Oh wait, it's because I didn't fix it correctly. <laughs> I can't drive this. I can't. No, and that's the thing about rally is that that you know you drive whatever you have at that moment and you do the best you can and and you think to yourself that could have been a lot worse, but I did a pretty good job with with that, and so. And, uh, and everybody helps everybody else out. And, uh, um, you know, it's unfortunate that we don't get to see each other more often. And, uh, you know, I wish we could go across country and do some, you know, do a full series again, but it's, it's a lot of work. And even when I was not working, um, for those couple of years, um, it was, uh, it was full on exhausting. And, uh, and that was without, you know, any kind of assistance, you know, generally speaking. So now we're happy to be from, from Maine and do this. And, and there are a lot of teams that have now kind of cropped up and have been doing well. And, um, and it's great to see them. And it's not like we're, 
you know, we were, we started before the, uh, the dawn of the internet when there wasn't a lot of like, Oh, this is how you do this. Mm -hmm. And now there's a lot of resources and it's great because people, you know, people will ask me, how do you do this? I'm like, well, I just do that. And they're like, really? That's simple. And I'm like, well, I just keep it simple because you know, I'm old and <laughs> it was simple when I did it. So, you know, we just, you know, we'll, I don't know when we'll stop. I always tell people when, when we, when I figure out how to stop, um, you know, right now we've been mostly just doing New England Forest Rally and, and Mount Washington. Um, I'm hoping that we can go back to Canada. Um, when you were talking about uh, co-drivers and stages and that kind of thing in the notes, it, it, what's really interesting is that you could put me on a stage in Canada and any of the rally drivers uh, that have been there or any event that I've been to in the US and I could probably tell you what the next corner is gonna be just because it's like it that information is like burned in my head from you know under pretty significant uh, chemical <laughs> you know epinephrine and all that kind of stuff endorphins and that kind of thing so it's it's really um you know i miss some of these places and and want to get back there again before i stop you know i mean taking it into effect into account that you are lucky enough to be able to do this in the first place you know, I am a kind of guy who is obsessed with rally. I think rally is one of the greatest things that's ever been invented. I think, I, you know, there's times where we're good friends now, so I wouldn't say I'm jealous of you, but in the same sense, like, I am because of the fact that you had the opportunity to do this and not everybody's able to have the opportunity to do this. However, a small sliver of that is that there is an opportunity technically for you to do this. And it's one yeah. of the only sports that I feel like you could race on the same field as someone who's a professional who does this all over the country there's people who rally at every year at new england forest rally which is the only rally they go to and I, you have experience you have 20 something years of experience behind the wheel but as someone who could build a car all year long it passes inspection has the safety features to it they have all the right stuff to do yeah. they may not win but they're on the same track as david higgins as ken block as travis pastrana yeah. these world class class rally car drivers you can't Absolutely. do that in the NBA. You can't no. do that in NASCAR or soccer or anything. You're not no. going to play on the same ice as these people in hockey. It's it's a, a unique sport that you have been lucky enough to oh, be a absolutely. part of. Yeah, no, we, we showed up with our Honda at New England. Main Forest Rally was called back in the day. And it was, we showed up without a skid plate on the car. We showed up with, um, it was barely done and uh, again same kind of thing all these people you know john buffham and other people and uh, stars in the sport can't do it anywhere else and um and to be part of that and sometimes and the crazy thing is is that you know sometimes you're inserted into that person's story so it might mm -hmm. be that ken block has a problem and you end up giving them a part or towing him out or doing some other thing. And it's like, Oh my God, I crossed. So, so I'm going to go sideways a little bit. So Dave Muir was, um, he and I became friends and I worked in, in primary care here in Bangor and, um, and he had his bike company and um, which was very successful. He was also sponsored by Bell Helmets. And so I thought to myself one day, again, one of these kind of manic episodes where I got creative and I'm like, you know, I had a lot of kids that didn't have helmets because they couldn't afford them. So I mentioned to Dave one day, I said, hey, can you put me in touch? Just give me a name and a number at Bell so I can call up and see if they want to do something. 
um, with me and these kids. And so Dave, um, uh, he, he said he would, but then he, at some point he asked me for my address. And so a few weeks go by and I, I end up, this is like two big pot packages on my porch. And my ex-wife was like, what did you order for the car? And I'm like, I don't remember. And that's how bad it is with when you race. You're like, I don't know. I ordered a bunch of stuff, but I don't know what, what's in these packages. Turned out that Dave had ordered a bunch of helmets from Bell or had them send them to him. And he autographed all of them by hand. And so I had two boxes of helmets and I brought them to work. And so we would ask kids when we would do physicals, we're like, do you have a bike? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, do you have a helmet? They're like, no. And I'm like, do you know who Dave Mirror is? And they'd be like, yeah. And I'm like, well, he's a friend of mine. They're like, no, it's not. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, he is. So I go, you know, get them a helmet, measure their head, and we get them a helmet. So I ended up taking pictures of the kids in their helmets and I text them to Dave and he would just get a kick out of it. Love it. Um, but this is kind of the kind of the the humanity part of the whole thing is that there's there's this um, you know these guys that are at the top of the sport are just real people that want to have real relationships with people that are meaningful that are not just you know what can you do for me and everything else so um, like I said with Ken or 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 even Travis or anybody else it's like I could message them and they would probably reply to me, not because we're great friends, but because they know me from the sport and they're just like, that's cool, you know, whatever. And, um, so, um, but I get that a lot, like you don't know so-and-so and and it's like, well, okay, but I do. (laughs) (laughs) Not like Christmas card kind of thing, but just like, you know, yeah, we, we said hello, we hung out in the woods and, um, yeah, it's a it's a really surreal thing, and I've been really fortunate, like you said, really lucky. And and to the first question, you said, "How did you get involved?" I just said, "I'm going to do this." I didn't know how I was going to do it. I just said, "This is this looks really cool." And I've had a lot of people say, "I want to do this," and what kind of car do I need? I'm like, just just pick something and just do it. And um, you know, and. At one point, we were going to take the team and try to market it a little bit more. And the guy that I met with was like a small business guy here in town. Uh, and he's like, you were like the Walter Mitty of like, you're like a folk hero. You're like the guy I want to be. You like go to work, but I don't know, you have this secret life and you put on this suit and this helmet and then you're like, whatever, you're doing this crazy stuff flying through the woods. And I'm like, yeah. He goes, that is so cool. And I'm like, yeah, it is really cool. <laughs> That's why I can't. You, you put a suit on and you fly over trust your superhero. I don't like <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that, that sounds good to me. And so he's like, I want to be you. And he said, that's like, that's the angle for whatever you want to do. It's like, anybody can do this. Like, just go out and kick ass and dedicate to it too like you haven't you're not like you just like half-ass things you dedicate you're you're not doing rally this year but you put your pedals in today like that's the kind of thing it's like the dedication i mean one of my favorite comedians is kevin hart and he was just on the joe rogan podcast and he was talking about joe rogan and him both together the kind of people who just put your mind to something and just do it there's like the only way you're going to succeed at anything in life is just to just do it 
And if you don't succeed at it, if you rally for the first time and it was the absolute horrible experience, you wouldn't be doing it right now. You'd be like, Hey, I learned, I moved on. This is not for me and I'm going on it. But you obviously fell in love with it. It became a passion of yours, an expensive passion of yours. You tell any of those moms and dads out there paying for hockey equipment, at least your kid's not a rally driver. That's what you had to say to them. No, but you're right. I think I think they they um, you know I watched the thing on Kevin Hart and like just his his schedule during the day and how driven it he is. And a lot of people will say that about me. Not not they don't compare me to Kevin Hart. I'm much taller. <laughs> hey, uh, John they, Cassidy is the uh, Kevin Hart of Bangor, Maine. That's <laughs> but but the, they'll say, "Wow, you're you're always doing something." And I'm like, "Well, the you know the." You know, the Foo Fighters had that song, Wasting Light, and there's that phrase, the day's wasting. Like, you know, you get up, and it's like, what are you going to do today? It's like, I don't I don't ever have a day where I'm like, I think I'm just going to relax and have a nap. And and part of that's because it's just how I'm built. I'm wired. I don't, I, I can't shut down. But um, I want to be creating and building and doing stuff. And, and um and the same thing with Mira and everybody else that I've met in the sport. Um, you know, he ended up doing triathlons and rode his mm-hmm. bike across the country and did all this other stuff and BMX and built his company. And, um, you know, all these people have that in common that they just don't stop. And, um, um, yeah, it's, um, you know, there's, 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 there's this, part of being fortunate and lucky to be able to do it and then there's other it's just like obc when i think about obc i'm like oh my god this is fantastic and you know this company has just grown and and all this stuff but at the same time you guys know that you can't rest mm-hmm. it, it doesn't stop it's like you don't wake up and you're like i think we're just going to cruise for six months it, it doesn't happen so it's like I every year we we make I make a list like after every event and usually at the end of the year of like what do we need to do for next year, and um, and then we think about well what's reasonable what's not what's feasible what's not, and um, you know what's going to make a difference what's not and that kind of stuff. So you know right now I'm trying to work on my fitness again and and doing that because uh, that's a big part of the sport. Um, and uh, I don't think of myself as an athlete, but we, we kind of have to be fit enough to do it. And, um, um, and the car's got to be up to the task. And, you know, right now we've got a lot of parts we got to replace and fix. And, and uh, it's rough uh, on, the, on the equipment. And, you know, and we have to pay for it. So, you know, it's like, what do we, what do we sell to make this, this season happen or next season? So, right. I mean, it's a fun sport to be in. It's a fun sport to watch as a spectator. Obviously, John has fun driving it, too. I think John and I could probably talk rally for three or four days straight recording this. I think we have a blast. I think I have John back on at some point. My goal is looking ahead. I'd love to have you on and like someone like Casey, our good friend, who is a spectator who also loves rally yeah. to be on at the same time and chat um, what it's like to be a you know driver and a, and a spectator. Um, but... I really appreciate you coming on, John. I don't want to cut this short, but I think we've been we've been talking a long time, and and yes. people will enjoy this. But uh, I really appreciate you coming on and telling us a little bit more about rallying and your driving and your your team. Um, yeah. uh, you know, couldn't thank you enough. So some shameless self promotion. So our website is not really active. Websites have kind of gone. Yes. Flat. 
side. But we are on social media. So if you look for Last Ditch Racing on Instagram or uh, YouTube, we have a YouTube channel. You can see us crash. You can see us do other things and jump. I think uh, I think we have some video from you guys up there yeah. someplace. And um, so, and uh, if anybody has questions about racing or rallying, find me on Facebook or any place or Instagram and just message me, friend me up, um, and I'd be happy to happy to talk about that stuff and. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We'll provide on the on our website, but also on the YouTube video for this, links to uh, Last Stitch Racing's Instagram. And yes, their website's a little out of date, but you get a little bit of information from your website. Uh, yes. Your current vehicle is on there and so on. So, um, But also, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks, John, for joining us. Uh, I appreciate it. Until next time, I hope I get to see you again and have a beer with you sometime soon. I hope so. <laughs> thanks for joining us, man. See ya.